You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, is going to be on with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Lockdown sent you. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. And we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook live show. Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season, and now this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to everyone who is checking out the show for the first time, and another thank you to all of our loyal fans for checking back in with us. If you guys don't already, make sure to go subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find us wherever you get your podcast from, and that's the fastest and easiest way to get the show. We are going to be getting into some sad subject matter today because something that we kind of knew was coming happened and it was Marty Schottenheimer passed away due to Alzheimer's and that is something that we have to talk about. So at the end of the show, I know he was very special to John Kegley. There's a ton of great stories that have come out about him that we will get into and much more just about how great of a coach he actually was and what he meant to the Chargers organization but we're going to start the show with the Chargers hiring a new coach and it's Anthony Lamondo as their new director of sports performance this is something that is exciting and he seems like someone that can bring the Chargers kind of to the cutting edge of athletic training strength and conditioning all those things so we'll get into how we feel about that move but in the second segment we're going to be getting into Justin Herbert's press conference the first time he has spoken with the press since he got his Offensive Rookie of the Year award by the AP. And we'll talk about just what he talks about with his offseason activities, trying to contact veteran QBs like Drew Brees to try to figure out the new offense and much more. But let's go ahead and get into it. NFL reporter Ian Rappaport reported on Tuesday that the Chargers are hiring Anthony Lamondo as their new director of sports performance. Source said a key hire for any new coach Lamondo spent the past nine seasons with the Broncos where he was part of two Super Bowl appearances, another Broncos hire for Brandon Staley. That is very true. This is somebody else that has ties with Brandon Staley and that is something that we've come very accustomed to seeing, John. But The one thing I did like about this guy is not only has he been in the same place for a long time, he's been with the Broncos for nine seasons he was there, but also he ended up making it through four different coaching regimes, which I thought was pretty crazy as well. He ended up having Gary Kubiak, he also had Vic Fangio, Vance Joseph, and also John Fox, so when you're getting all these new coaches and they're deciding to keep you, I think that is a testament, but this guy, looking at what he's been able to do in the past, seems like he is going to maybe modernize the Chargers strength and conditioning program a little bit, which with all the things that they have had to face seems like a really good thing. Yes, it's a really good thing. If you look at the Broncos roster, they've had a lot of guys who tend to stay healthy and they also hit hard. And you can tell when they hit hard, they're not on the floor in pain coming off the field. They're getting right back up. So there's a lot of good things going right here with what this guy does to the Broncos, and the fact that he was on two Super Bowl teams shows you he knows how to get guys ready for games. You got coaches that prepare them game plan wise, but you have a guy like this that'll prevent, they'll prepare them health wise. So if he prepared two Super Bowl teams, 
he's pro- probably going to be a really good fit for the Chargers. And the fact that he worked with with Staley just shows that he fits with what Staley wants to do as a bunch of guys that he knows. He knows what they what they come with, what they're going to do, and he knows that it's going to work. So it's kind of amazing that this is the one guy that we have we've haven't heard of in a while. That's not a QB though. <laughs> I think that's a great point. I mean, you definitely would think you would have some, you know, even Pee Wee level quarterback experience if we know Brandon Staley like we think we do. But I did take a look back at some of the adjusted games lost from Football Outsiders, something that they try to basically tell you how many games that starters and players for your team lost in any given season. The Broncos from 2016 to 2019 were 10th, 15th, 14th, and then in 2019 they were 25th. But the Chargers are annually at the very bottom of that list. The 2021 hasn't come out yet, and I know the Chargers were pretty I know the Broncos were pretty banged up last season, but this is a guy that has a proven track record of being able to keep guys healthier, I think, than some other teams. And I think the other thing that plays a big factor in this is also that he has a master's degree in rehabilitation sciences from California University of Pennsylvania. And he's a guy that also has spent time doing other things like working with the Exos formerly the athlete's performance in Tempe, Arizona, where he exclusively oversaw the Qatar National and Olympic soccer teams from 2007 to 2008, according to the Denver Broncos website. But this is another guy that I think is probably on the same line of thinking as Brandon Staley, if he is going to bring him in. I do like the fact that he is a he is a new guy that is going to get to work with the Chargers, who have been perennially one of the most injured teams, David. So although we don't know that this guy is going to come in there and just find instant success, it seems like the Chargers are going in the wrong, in the right direction. And they're going to need to because John Lott was a very beloved man in that Chargers locker room, in that weight room. The guys definitely worked hard for him. But the Chargers just always seem like they're behind the curve as far as their athletic training staff and having their guys ready to play. So this seems like a guy who's stayed in one place a long time, has 12 years NFL experience, that can come in and try to fix some of the issues the Chargers had with staying on the field. Yeah, I mean, you got to like everything you hear about, you know, trying to modernize what they're trying to do with the training and health staff. I mean, that we know that there's been several injuries that the Chargers have had to put up with, key guys missing a lot of games. So if this guy can come in and try to change the way they practice or get them stronger or, you know, modernize the way that they get get ready for the season and get ready for games week in and week out just to get more people on the field and be ready for game time, then that's going to help. I love the the mixture of experience that he has, even cross sports. I, I like that as well. I mean, soccer players are some incredible athletes. So uh, I like the fact that he has, you know, a multitude of a multitude of different backgrounds. So, I mean, his, his experience fits. I, I like the title, although I do think it's just an oversimplification for strength and conditioning coach. But, yeah, it's going to be good to see what kind of imprint he's going to be able to have uh, on this coaching staff and on these players. Well, I can tell you that last year the Chargers did not have a director of sports performance, which obviously just sounds a lot better, right? It sounds a lot more cutting edge than strength and conditioning coach. But one of the things I also liked about him when I was kind of doing my deep dive into him is that him and some of the other strength and conditioning coaches at the NFL level and at all levels actually put this thing together called the Power Conference, which on their website says is a -a one-of-a-kind conference for strength and conditioning, personal training, or any professional in the fitness and nutrition industry. The Power Conference was created to bring the best coaches and leaders in all areas of sports performance. That just tells me that he's, you know, 
getting all of these best you know minds that there are doing the same thing that he's doing and finding different ways that other people are finding success, having big conferences like that where you're seeing how different people do different things and different people who are finding success in the same avenue that you are are finding the best ways to keep guys healthy, finding the latest you know stretches or whatever the case is to try to keep your team the healthiest. And I think whenever you're trying to converge a bunch of great minds like that, that means you're willing to at least be flexible, you're willing to listen, you're willing to adapt, which is something that... The Chargers always haven't been the best with it, at least as far as their strength and conditioning and as far as keeping players healthy. And it, stay, it stays in line with Brandon Staley's vision and what he said about being on the cutting edge. I mean, this guy's actively seeking out the best minds in the industry to always continuously grow and get better. I mean, you got to be excited about that. Yeah, and he was the Broncos' you know, assistant strength and conditioning coach, but when you're someone like that for that long, nine seasons, you're obviously doing something right. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table, and I think you have to kind of give it some time to kind of implement that new system, especially given the protocols and stuff we're not sure they're going to be going through in 2021. But we do have two more segments to get into. We're going to talk about Justin Herbert's first press conference since being named the Offensive Rookie of the Year by the AP, and then we're going to wrap up the show by talking about Marty Schottenheimer and what he meant to the Chargers as well as some really great stories we've seen circulating around social media. But before we get into that, I need to tell you guys that the only place that you should be buying any kind of auto parts has to be rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all that you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home or even in your pocket, and the best thing is is you're going to get the best price because rockauto.com will give you the same price whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic. Everybody gets a great price and it'll get delivered right to your house. I know people aren't leaving their house as much these days. It's a perfect time if you need a part like I did last week. You should get it with rockauto.com and just get it delivered to your door. It's much less stressful and you don't even have to talk to anyone if you don't want to. But all you guys have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck. And right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Alright guys, well, we know that Justin Herber, after his outstanding rookie season at quarterback, won the Offensive Rookie of the Year Award by the AP, also won the Pepsi Zero Sugar Rookie of the Year Award for every rookie in the NFL. And for the first time since that, he got to talk with the media on Tuesday and like normal Justin Herbert, you know, in normal Justin Herbert fashion, I should say, he wasn't saying a ton, but there are definitely some, you know, certain things that you could see him perk up about. He did talk about making a victory brisket with his dad and that his dad's was better than his when he was talking about winning the award. But just like he normally is, he was pretty low-key when asked about it. They were asking him basically... What did you think about winning the award, not only winning it, but winning it in a landslide, winning it 41 votes to nine votes over Justin Jefferson? And as we would expect him to do, he gave all the praise to Jefferson saying, I know how special Justin Jefferson is. Just to be able to watch what he's been able to do was incredible and said, you know, other nice things about him. But he also said that he would say he was lying if he said that he envisioned himself doing any of these things, especially in the COVID-19 year the Chargers just came off of. So, David... It does seem like he's excited that he won the award, but of course, he's not going to say that. (laughs) No, he's not. I mean, Justin Herbert, to his credit, is always given the credit to everyone around him. He's always praised his offensive line. He's praised his coaching staff that's put him in the right position. He's praised 
Pep Hamilton and all the skill players, the offensive line, even though they were terrible, always very humble. He he just he, that's his personality. He just doesn't seem to take the credit for himself. Maybe he's the type of guy that after after he's done playing, he'll reflect back on his career, or maybe later on in his football career, he might get a little bit more open with the media after he's established himself. But right now, he's still a very humble guy who is giving and distributing the credit to everybody else but himself. Absolutely. I mean, that's what he did all season. You have to imagine that's what he's going to continue to do. And as we talked about on the show earlier this week, I do think that's going to help him going into this season with the pressure he is going to face. Being able to have that even-keeled mentality where he just seems to take everything in stride, including you know having to start against the reigning Super Bowl champions in week two of the season as a rookie. you know. So I do think all of those things are helpful even going forward for him, but it obviously doesn't help us a lot trying to get stuff out of these press conferences. But one thing I did think was pretty interesting, John, was when they asked him, hey, do you plan on reaching out to any other veterans to kind of pick their mind at this point in the NFL to see how they do things, to see what they like to do, all of those kind of things. And he said he has talked to some quarterbacks about how they manage their offseason, which I think for a young quarterback, I mean, that's pretty promising that he's going out of his way to go find out how the best people at their position manage their offseason. How much time do you spend on vacation? You know, when do you start getting back into throwing and lifting and all of those things? And he said that he plans on reaching out to Drew Brees as well to pick his mind about what the Saints offense was like and also to figure out what Joe Lombardi's offense is going to be like with the Chargers. So I thought that was extremely promising to hear that. I'm definitely happy that he's trying to, you know, find ways to make himself better during the offseason. Well, let's hope that he reaches out to Tom Brady, who somehow, <laughs> some way, keeps himself in ridiculous shape year in and year out. But it's good to know that he's smart enough to figure things out by asking other people rather than trial and error. Being able to talk to someone like Drew Brees to figure out what his new coach is going to be like since he can't just go hang out with his coach right now due to all these COVID rules and NFL rules too. And then talking to other QBs about what do you do during the offseason. That's a smart move. Usually some guys just say, okay, just do what I've always done through college. Just throw a ball around, do some weightlifting. But the guys in the that have I'm been there party will tell until you, training camp starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guys in the NFL. Yeah, we're talking to you, Gronk. Oh no. The guys the guys in the NFL will tell you, like, hey, you gotta take some time to yourself, let all the stress out, calm down, and then come back to it. Don't just work out all off season because then you're gonna hurt yourself you're gonna tire yourself out in a lot quicker so it's good to ask the guys that have been there before the guys that have been there a long time it's not like he's gonna ask someone like a johnny manzel right <laughs> he's obviously asking people that have this this knowledge hopefully it's better people than kellen clemens who was a great backup quarterback for the chargers but i want him setting his sights a little bit higher and i know that i'm pretty sure he's talked to peyton manning as well as some other you know previous greats so that's pretty exciting. But just talking about what you were just saying there about the physical part of the offseason, one of the things that he opened up about was just the fact that he's not throwing yet as far as you know how he's getting ready for the 2021 season. I do think there is some perception out there that you know this guy should be out there throwing with his receivers, getting that chemistry built right now and all those things. But David, what he basically said was, hey, like I had the fourth most passing attempts in the NFL. I got to let this thing rest a little bit. Like He's not you know, inhuman or anything like that. He still has to let, just like, a, you know, a pitcher in baseball, he has to let his arm rest a little bit. And right now he just focused on running and lifting. And he said, now he's in Southern California. He's already kind of, you know, left 
Eugene and being up there with his family to come back down to Southern California to train, but there won't be any throwing. Which is good. I think it's appropriate for Justin Herbert to give himself some some rest. He said that he just wants to get the arm 100%, that he's still going to run, he's still going to lift, he's probably going to work out with Scott Questenberry and Joshua Kelly, who are also in the area, are from the area, so that's to be expected. But at least he's going to have some people that he's familiar with that he's going to be able to stay in shape. I also thought it was kind of in, uh, interesting talking with, with him talking about his playing weight. He said in college or at the Senior Bowl, he was around 227 when he went into the league and he started bulking up and getting into that strength and conditioning program. He was playing at 240, and he says that he's able to stay healthy and endure the hits a little bit better at that weight as opposed to, you know, a, a, a lesser weight. Which, I mean, you got to remember, this kid's six foot six, so 240 pounds on him looks pretty good. And, and we've seen what he's been able to do. He's absorbed some big hits, sometimes very questionable, but I think he's gotten a little bit better at taking those hits throughout the season. But Justin Herbert making sure that he rests his most prized commodity, which is that arm. Got to make sure that that is in good shape for the next season. And I like to think that he's probably asking these quarterbacks too, like who do you recommend for rehabbing or just guys that will help heal you better? Like what's your recommendation? I know there's been guys that have done things like acupuncturists and stuff like James Harrison went to acupuncturist and that's how he kept himself healthy as a defensive player. So you got, I got to imagine that some of these QBs had ways to rehab in the off season as well. Or get hooked up with Tom Brady's uh, doctor, uh, Mr. Guerrero. I mean, that, that could you know, be a good idea as well, but honestly, I think you should be asking Tom Brady, you know, how he absorbs sacks so well, because I've heard defenders talking about sacking him and basically he just like absorbs them into him right and i mean you never really see tom brady getting hurt like some of these guys doesn't even really seem he like he gets hard very hits. yeah it doesn't seem like he takes huge hits like he literally even knows how to get sacked well which i mean even honestly pisses me off more about it i did not like tom brady i mean i respect tom brady you know as probably the great i mean the greatest quarterback of all time doesn't mean that i have to like him but hey if he wants to get you know justin herbert some tips on how to not take some big hits because that's one thing that Justin Herbert has to get better at and did get better at is avoiding those giant hits because he did take a couple big ones even when he knocked that linebacker out. Even his first touchdown, you know, he takes the hit out of bounds. But he did get much better at that. So I think there is, you know, room to be, you know, optimistic that he has gotten a lot better at not taking those vicious hits that make you hold your breath. And, I mean, <laughs> the Chargers need to get much better at protecting him so he doesn't have to take those hits as well. But we do have one more segment to get into because we are going to be talking about the passing of the great Marty Schottenheimer, one of the best coaches the NFL has ever seen. We're going to get into what he meant to the Chargers and some really good stories about the old ball coach coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL NHL are all in full swing. If you guys only like to bet on football, there's even some stuff there for you as well. You can still bet on where you think Deshaun Watson is going to land if he gets traded. You can also bet on where Carson Wentz is going to land. If you really think it's the Bears, you can still get basically even money on that if you're reading all the reports that are out there. So there are still ways to bet on football as well. But betonline.ag specializes in real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Just head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
betonline.ag, promo code locked on, all caps, to get that 50% welcome bonus. So before we wrap the show up today, we have to do it on some of a sad note, but as you guys have seen with me, I mean, when sad things happen, one of the things I like to try to do is to use this moment as a chance to reflect on some of the great things that whoever were mourning, in this case, Marty Schottenheimer, was able to do. But I will just start by saying that former Chargers coach Marty Schottenheimer did pass away at the age of 77 due to Alzheimer's, which he was diagnosed with back in 2014. Last week, he was moved to hospice, which basically meant that the end was inevitable at some point and it was coming soon. But I still found myself sad today when I saw the news that he had officially passed away. I'm glad that he can be at peace now because that is a hell of a disease to have to battle. And I'm definitely sending my prayers to his family. But John, I I know that Marty is a special coach to you because when you got into football, he was the Chargers head coach and you, you know, dove in 100% into your love of the Chargers and LT and he was the prototypical football coach. He was hard-nosed. He was known for, you know, Marty Ball and all of those things. But he was also a really good coach as well. So I just wanted to get your initial thoughts when you saw the news because I know he meant a lot to you. Well, I was awake at 5:30 in the morning when the news first hit and I was having fun playing NBA 2K. <laughs> and I just finished the game. I looked over. I was looking at my phone to see if anybody messaged me. And then, bam, the notification pops up. And all that fun just left the room. It just hit hard. It was like I knew it was coming, but I didn't know it was going to come that quick. And right away, I just started thinking about all the memories of my first year watching the Chargers. And the Chargers winning the AFC West Championship in 04. All the way up to the 14-2 and season with LT winning the MVP and the touchdown record. But also just the fact that I, I have all the Super Bowl DVDs, for Super Bowls 1 through 40, and the first set I got was 21 through 30. And I turned on the Super Bowl 29 one, and I was like, is that Marty on the Chiefs? Please say it's not. Like <laughs> It broke my heart seeing that. And then I turn on another one. It's the Doug Williams Super Bowl 22, and then I see him on the Browns, and I'm like, bro, how many places have you been? So ever since then, I started looking up his stats, and I kept track of all that stuff, and he ended up being one of only eight coaches to get 200 wins. But with that comes being the winning, winningest coach not to win an NFL championship. Andy Reid could have held that record because when he won the Super Bowl last year, he was at 207 wins. But with that Super Bowl win, Marty takes the reign as that. But it's also a fun little mention here. Derek Thomas was a defensive player that Marty Schottenheimer coached with, one of the greatest pass rushers you'll ever see. He holds the NFL record with seven sacks in one game. And believe it or not, Derek Thomas passed on February 8th, 21 years ago, February 8th, 2000. And Marty happens to pass on the same day. It's kind of amazing. And now they're both together. But Marty was an, such an inspirational guy, especially when you just hear him saying things like, just one play at a time, guys, just one play at a time. We could be down 21 points, and it's just one play at a time. Like, he always knew how to get the best out of his teams. Not many coaches can do that. There's coaches that scheme very well. There's coaches that know how to recruit very well. Like, they know how to get this free agent guy to come. Like, a Bill Belichick can get someone to come to his team for low money. Just be like, hey, come with me. You'll win a ring, and you can go get your money again later. But someone like Marty can get... A guy like Terrence Keel and still going out and win an AFC West championship. I mean, that says a lot. It does say a lot. I mean, if you look at what some of his players have said about him, too, I think it shows, you know, how great of a coach he was and how much he cared about 
his players as men, not only just as the football players. And LT, obviously a Chargers great, talked about that and said he also never went into a game with Marty as a coach, feeling like he wasn't fully prepared to win. He really wanted you to understand every detail of the game plan. He considered him a true all-American man, a great father figure to LT during his time with the Chargers. And I'm not going to act like it was all, you know, fun and rosy when he was the Chargers coach. I mean, we all got frustrated with Marty Ball David a little bit with the, you know, run on first and second down, throw on third down if you had to. And that was something, you know, that was passing him by a little bit. But at the same time, doesn't mean he should have been fired as a 14-2 and coach because of Marlon McCree fumbling, amongst other things. But I would say that just the fact that Marty Ball is a thing, the fact that, you know, he has 200 regular season wins, Obviously, he was a great coach, and for the Chargers, as John mentioned, he made them relevant. The Chargers were struggling a ton before he came in, had a bunch of playoff appearances with the team, or at least most of his career with the Chargers was playoff appearances, and I just think that he really brought them back to the national spotlight. Yeah, and when was the last time the Chargers brought in a high-profile coach like that, that had that moniker at that title at that that point in time? Marty Schottenheimer was a phenomenal coach. When he came to the Chargers, he had never been to a place where he has had an overall record that was worse than 500. He has won pretty much every single place that he went to, and he brought that pedigree to the Chargers, and he inherited and also installed some phenomenal Chargers football teams. I think that 2006 team was probably one of the best teams in, in Chargers history. They were phenomenal on both sides of the ball. They were dynamic. They were incredible, and Marty Marty Schottenheimer was a big part of that. I mean, what can you say about Marty other than that he was a hard-nosed coach, but he was a guy that put the Chargers in position to win a lot of games, and they did that. And unfortunately, they just didn't do it when the lights were on the brightest. Well, and when you say hard-nosed coach, it's the coach that players will always respect you for. Like, they might get upset at you for getting on them and yelling at them, but at the end of the day, they respect you for it. He kept you in line and made sure you got he got the best out of you and that's what athletes appreciate he was that kind of coach he was that father figure i mentioned a few shows ago where these coaches are father figure marty Schottenheimer was that kind of guy like look at nick hardwick's statement if you haven't seen it go to his facebook page or twitter and read it nick hardwick explains it perfectly there's a gleam man yeah, absolutely. I mean, those stories are everywhere. And I saw something with Marcus Spears on NFL Live talking just about when he was getting drafted and sitting down with Marty Schottenheimer and Schottenheimer pulling up a clip of him chasing down a running back from 30 or 40 yards away. And he said, hey, is this the Spears I'm getting on the Chargers, right? Is this the guy that I'm getting? Because I need to know that right now. And he's like, hey, coach, you know, turn on all the tape. That's always who you're going to get. And he ended up going to the Dallas Cowboys. But I think that was just how Marty was. He wasn't going to have a physically weak team, and he didn't in those days. They're one of the last physical teams you can even think about when you think back on those Chargers teams, and there's just stories like that everywhere, including one very petty story that I thought was just absolutely hilarious. Pro Football Talk was talking about Marty, and they brought up a great story. They said, in 2001, Deion Sanders retired rather than playing for Marty in Washington. In 2002, Marty coached the Chargers. Washington released Deion's rights so he could join the Raiders for a Super Bowl run. Marty claimed Deion on waivers, blocking the move. I actually went back and looked at an ESPN article from 2002 when this happened. I mean, obviously, Deion Sanders, a former Chargers great, John, but he actually talked about it. And he said, we've not been eliminated from playoff contention. We're not going to concede anything to what could be a potential playoff opponent. Him obviously talking about the Raiders. 
We're going to continue to put ourselves in the best possible position to be successful. That was just hilarious. The fact that Deion Sanders, he would knew, no, he's not going to play for him, but he still blocked the move to the Raiders because he didn't want to play for Marty in Washington. I mean, that was just really funny to see. And Marty hated the Raiders, and that was a perfect example, right, John? That's a picture-perfect example, and that shows a competitive spirit as well. He was keeping track of everything. He wasn't just game planning and making sure his team was ready. He was also like, oh, you're going to add this guy? No, 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 no. You hate. I'm not going to let you have him, and he hates me, so I'm getting back at him as well. So, I mean, there's there's two battles that were won right there. One, you're not letting the Raiders get a, get a veteran player that's probably t- still very talented. And two, a guy that disrespects you by saying, I'm not playing with Marty, I'm retiring. Oh, guess what? You're also not going to that Super Bowl team because I just, I just claimed you on waivers. <laughs> it's like a mic drop moment. Perfect. But another thing to mention about Marty is as much as he's helped the players, he's helped coaches as well. And there's the coaching tree of Marty Schottenheimer. We brought up plenty of coaching trees. And this one has guys like Bill Cowher, Tony Dungy, Herm Edwards, Mike McCarthy, and even Super Bowl champion Bruce Arians. And then there's the guys that you don't know about, but they've become like head coaches like a Mark Tressman, a Hugh Jackson, even Cam Cameron, who was the offensive coordinator for the Chargers on that 06 team, ended up becoming the head coach of the Dolphins. Guys like that, like he helped build more head coaches and even legendary guys like Tony Dungy and Bill Cowher, who went on to win Super Bowls. Bruce Arians went on to win a Super Bowl. He Wade Phillips. He a lot of guys. Wade Phillips, yeah, that's another one. I can't believe I forgot about that one. Wade Phillips is another guy. Yeah, I mean, that's a great coaching tree. I mean, you can't really ask for much more than that. And obviously, the, he was on a lot of good coaching staffs with other people as well, where, you know, it might not be directly linked to Marty, but that guy, Marty Schottenheimer, played an impact in all of those guys' coaching careers. And that's an incredible coaching tree to come off of that. A lot of great defensive minds, and even Bruce Arians being on his team. And I know you were watching the Super Bowl videos and like, Wait, those coaches coached under him when he was on the, you know, rival Chiefs team? I mean, that's just so funny thinking back on Marty Schottenheimer, who we grew up as, you know, the Chargers coach. And I mean, for me growing up, it was like, that's what a coach is supposed to look like. That's what a coach is supposed to talk like. That's what a coach is supposed to act like. You're supposed to be a hard ass. You're supposed to demand, you know, maximum effort all the time from every one of your players. And he was never going to be let any detail too small get past him. And that's why I think the debacles in the playoffs and those things were always so surprising just because he had a very detail-oriented team. He had a very well-coached team. And to see that happen to him was obviously pretty brutal because he ended up as a coach of the Cleveland Browns getting close to the Super Bowl twice and being outdone by John Elway on the drive and also the next season getting to the three-yard line before Ernest Bynum ended up fumbling when they were down by seven points. I mean, Absolutely brutal luck. He was definitely a very Chargers coach in that way. One of the best coaches that the NFL has ever seen. He was just a character more than anything. I mean, he just totally symbolized football coach and he will definitely be missed. And he is obviously survived by his family and also his son, Brian Schottenheimer, who's currently with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But that's going to do it for today's show. I know that I said that today we were going to be talking about free agents from the Super Bowl teams, but I forgot that we're doing free agent Fridays now. So 
On Friday, we're going to be talking about some potential free agents for the Chargers and who better to start with than the two teams that just made the Super Bowl and are going to have players that they're not going to be able to sign. But that's going to do it for today's show. Until next time, guys, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page at LockedOnChargers. We'd also appreciate it if you guys gave us a follow on our new Instagram page. You can find us at LockedOnChargers. If you guys don't already, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find us anywhere, and it's always the fastest and easiest way to get the show. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail on the show. Hey, maybe even tomorrow's show will be a voicemail show. We're not sure where we're going to go with that one yet, but we'll have the latest Chargers news here with you guys, the latest stories. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.